2: every day make a good decision for your company today and reach mpb listeners through mpb program underwriting for more information go to mpbonline.org underwriting
0: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, October 1st. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a statewide partnership is warning parents about the dangers their teens face using e-cigarettes.
3: These people are basically experimenting on themselves when they use these devices. So you're breathing in these chemicals, and we don't know the effects of breathing in straight nicotine along with the other chemicals that are in there that are fired up by the heating
0: find out more. Then, after everyday tech, we'll hear from officials with the Jackson VA making strides to improve the medical center and provide better care to American veterans. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi teens are buying traditional cigarettes, but at least 11.5% more are now buying electronic cigarettes, according to research lab Mississippi Tobacco Data. Emily McClelland is a researcher with the Mississippi Tobacco Data Unit at Mississippi State University's Social Science Research Center. She explains to MPB's Ashley Norwood how the data and trends in use are changing.
4: When we first started looking at e-cigarettes, um, the numbers were very small, very low—about um, one percent of high school students using these products—and now, from 2017, so seven years later, that's 11.5 percent. That's a, a significant increase um, since we first they first entered the market. Um, and even more concerning is the fact that we expect to see these rates higher, even higher next year, um, since we'll also have been able to ask about Juul. Um, with our recent survey. So what do you think? Is it, are they becoming more easily accessible, or is it something in terms of it's just more popular? I think it's more popular among kids. um, With Juul in particular, it's stealth vaping. It's a game for them to be able to hide it in their classes. It is socially acceptable, the flavors really drive the youth to use these products, and they don't realize that they are a tobacco product. Um, a lot of kids aren't even aware that in every jewel pod that it has nicotine in it, and so they don't realize how easy it is for them to get addicted. I know you talked about just tobacco decreasing, but e-cigarette increasing. So it's kind of like you won one battle, so to speak, but now it's another. Right, exactly. So we've seen great success in lowering our um, students' smoking rates since we started the survey in 1998, but now we're starting to see increased use among e-cigarettes. And the percentages both still fall around 10%, but e-cigarettes is 11.5%, cigarettes is 72 We don't want to forget about cigarettes because obviously that's still very important um, to educate youth about. But we also need to be aware that e-cigarettes are the new item for them, um, and we've seen that use of e-cigarettes is a risk factor for using smoke you know, cigarettes at a later time. So we could see the rates go up. We're not sure. Is that what most concerns you about so many young people using e-cigarettes? Is that they may began using cigarettes the greatest concern is the potential for nicotine addiction and they're just not aware their brains are still developing and um, they just don't realize that that impact that can have on them um, but it is a concern that we will start to see the success you know change based on kids transitioning to other products
0: mississippi state researcher emily mcclellan State health officer Dr. Mary Courier says the uptick in use of the nicotine-packed device is an epidemic. The head of the state Department of Health tells MPB's Ashley Norwood the gains were made. Excuse me, the gains made against tobacco marketing and sponsorships were effective, but the new products currently are not regulated in the same way.
3: You know, that's one of the things that the tobacco laws did is they took um, tobacco ads out of magazines for kids um, and out of the realm of. Uh, supporting sports events that kids go to. So you don't see those anymore. Like the Virginia Slims Open was a tennis tournament, and it's not the Virginia Slims Open anymore. But the nicotine delivery systems, the vaping systems, are supporting things like that now. And if we had the vaping devices including in our included in our tobacco laws, that same thing would apply and so we wouldn't they wouldn't be able to target kids as easily.
4: Judge Broom he talked about the impact in terms of what it does inside of the body. Can you kinda explain that a little bit and what is your biggest concern?
3: Well it's an addiction and kids um, at the age when their brains are more plastic, so like he said, you know your brain's not fully developed until you're 25 or 26 or 27, no matter what your adolescent child says to you. Um, and so the the nicotine addicts you; it changes your brain; it hijacks your brain, and so you want more nicotine, um, just like smoking cigarettes, except more so because the concentrations are higher. Um, so we don't want our kids addicted no matter what it's an addiction to, and this just, you know, it's a tragedy of allowing our kids to have an addiction as they grow up, Um, and then it could lead to cigarette use, or it could lead to something else, but even if it's just the nicotine, it's a substance that changes your brain, and who wants their children to be addicted to anything?
0: State Health Officer Dr. Mary Courier, During a Friday press event in Jackson, Mississippi Attorney General Jim Hood announced efforts to protect Mississippi's youth from the dangers of e-cigarettes. He tells our Ashley Norwood, he tells our Ashley Norwood what's planned.
1: The reason we gather here today was to try to alert parents to the dangers of vaping. Uh, it's not a safe alternative to cigarettes, although it doesn't stink as bad as cigarettes. And the problem is your kids are doing it in the house and you don't know it. It's just a... A vapor, unless it's, you know, they they do have flavored versions, and sometimes you can smell things like cotton candy or uh, watermelon flavors and those kind of things. Um, Unfortunately, many parents thought that, you know, it was a safe alternative to cigarettes, and it's not because when you ignite that device, you know, the vapors that the kids are are breathing in are are formaldehyde and all kind of dangerous chemicals. Secondly, they don't realize that these mom-and-pop vape shops all around the state, they mix that stuff. The Bureau of Narcotics has found that, you know, it's, it contains fentanyl. They can mix drugs in it, spiced. But, you know, there's got to be some regulation of the percentage of nicotine and other chemicals that are placed in these, as well as licensing uh, of those facilities uh, if the legislature allows them to continue to do the mixing. And lastly, it needs to be taxed just like tobacco um, because uh, what we're seeing is these stores are selling it, the electronic cigarette products uh, to people under the age of 18, at about twenty percent rate whereas you know uh... cigarette sales are two point eight percent so you know we got a lot of, of effort to educate the public uh... we've sent letters to uh... the uh... superintendents of education uh... getting information through the department of education out to schools we've encouraged uh... retailers not to sell them just like cbs stop selling cigarettes um... so we're, we're trying to get that part done and then we're preparing for the legislative session to go into the session to tax it like tobacco, to regulate it so that uh, we know what's in the mixture uh, and who's mixing it, and address some of those issues as well.
4: Anything else you want to add?
1: Well, then the battle's going—you know—is with the internet. You know, so many uh, kids are, are buying the stuff over the internet, so w- it's going to be a continuing battle. But at least we need to bring attention to parents to let them know and they have a conversation with their kids about the dangers of vaping.
0: State Attorney General Jim Hood. Cornelius Powers is a generation-free teen advocate. The Jackson area high school senior tells MPB's Ashley Norwood he sees tobacco use in school and at events.
5: It's at the pep rallies, it's at the football games. Um, I know, like, whenever I get out of school, we see people vaping in their cars. I personally haven't seen uh, people, like, vaping in the classrooms, but I'm sure it is happening because, you know, it, smoke disappears in two or three seconds, so the teachers can look down for a second and the smoke be gone. So I'm pretty sure it is happening in classrooms, but I mostly see it in the restrooms and at games, pep rallies, stuff like that.
4: Have you ever vaped
1: yourself? I have not. Why not?
5: Because of the harmful chemicals that it has. And in order for it to stop, somebody has to take the forefront and, you know, set an example for the younger kids. Because it's happening in middle school, so somebody has to set an example for what not to do. So I want to be that person that people can look up to and know that this is not something that they should be doing.
0: Teen advocate Cornelius Powers with MPB's Ashley Norwood. Listen to Mississippi Edition Wednesday when we'll hear from the director of the FDA's Center for Tobacco Products about new plans to address the youth e-cigarette epidemic. In other news, funeral services have been finalized for one of the Brookhaven police officers killed on Saturday. MPB's Ezra Wall has more.
5: Memorials are pouring in via social media and a prayer vigil was held last night for slain police officers Zach Moak and James White. The two Brookhaven police officers were responding to a call on Saturday when there was an exchange of gunfire and both officers were shot and killed. A suspect, Marquise Flowers of Brookhaven, is hospitalized with unspecified injuries. Now funeral services have been arranged for one of the officers, James White. According to the Brookhaven Police Department Facebook page, visitation for White will be held on Tuesday evening and funeral services Wednesday morning. Both will be at East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven. Ezra Wall, MPB News.
0: To see our team's updates throughout the day, follow MPB News on Twitter. Coming up, find out what the tech experts recommend for your pets in our Everyday Tech segment. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: On the next Deep South Dining, we want to know what's happening in your kitchen. Kevin Farrell and Deborah Hunter are going to be taking your phone calls and answering your emails as we want to find out what is or is not happening in your kitchen. As always, Deborah's going to bring in something delicious for us to talk about, but we want to hear from you and learn what you are cooking. So tune in to the next Deep South Dining today, 9 a.m., only on MPB Think Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast using any podcast app. Just search. Deep South dining.
0: This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Contreras, and today we're discussing pets and technology. So, Wilts has technology changed the way people interact with their pets?
5: Well, Michelle, just like technology has definitely revolutionized the way that all of us communicate with each other, be it via instant messaging, texting, uh, video chat, a lot of those same things are actually coming to the pet world. Now, I think we're a long ways off from the day being that our pets are going to actually be texting us back and forth, but we've definitely seen technology's influence when it comes to pet cams, Um, these are devices that can be set up at your home, uh, being set up with a lot of different kennels and veterinary offices. Uh, Say, for example, if your pet was having to stay overnight from a procedure, uh, maybe you're on an extended vacation and you've had to board them, or even you're just at the office during the day, you can actually interact with your pet with video and audio, so you can actually see what's going on. You can actually talk back and forth, because let's be realistic with this. When it comes to pets, both owners and pets can have a little bit of separation anxiety. There's there's nothing wrong with using technology to alleviate that, both for the pet and for the pet owner as well. So honestly, that has been a huge advantage when it comes to our utilization of technology with our pets. So Wilts. Technology not only allows people to interact with their pets in a more effective way, but it also can help you keep them healthy and active. Well, indeed it can. Just like we're seeing with modern smartphones and some of the smart wearables that we have out there, these same things have also come out for pets. And so what we have is essentially fitness monitors as well as GPS trackers that you can affix to your dog, cat, or any other animal that you have as a pet. So at its core would be GPS tracking. We've all seen the heartbreaking signs whenever someone has lost a pet, uh, be it from a thunderstorm, they got them a little bit scared, they ran off, or, or what have you. With modern GPS technology, even the collar your pet is wearing can help ensure that they actually make it back home. An important thing to remember with this also though is just remember you gotta have one with a good battery because the battery will eventually run out. So taking it a step further, wearables for your pets today make it possible to collect data about your pet's activity levels, about their diet, and can even alert you if it's sensing unusual behaviors or other kind of health concerns. Several devices can even be set up to connect to your veterinarian in order to help them keep tabs on your dog's health. Remember, by focusing on health as well as activity with our pets, it can also kind of help us out. So just imagine if your pet's getting a lot of good exercise, hopefully you're getting out there with them as well, and it could end up paying off for both of you. Wilts, I've heard a lot about microchipping. What exactly is microchipping, and is it safe for your pet? Well, Michelle, a microchip for your pet is a small device placed just under their skin by your veterinarian. It's probably about the size of a grain of rice. And what happens is this device can be scanned by veterinarians across the country or by humane societies whenever a pet is actually found. And it links into a database that would contain your information, contact information, names, etc. so that they can make sure that your pet is reunited with you. It can definitely be the difference between a lost and found family pet. Is microchipping expensive? Microchipping in and of itself is really not all that expensive. You're generally looking at a one-time fee of anywhere between $25 to $40. Do people need to be concerned about privacy issues? Well, the only information that's actually held on the microchip is an identifying number. So this is not a device that is transmitting or sending out information. Your personal information is not actually contained in that chip in your pet. What's actually there is just a number, just an ID number, very similar to a social security number or driver's license number, and the Veterinarian or Humane Society would have to then take that number, plug it into a separate database to look up your information. So FIDO is not walking around with your phone number and address actually under their skin. So, Michelle, while technology does not replace actually enjoying your pet and spending time and sharing that love and interaction, what it can do is it can add to those experiences both for us as well as for our furry friends. Well, that will wrap us up for today.
0: To hear more Everyday Tech, tune in each Wednesday at 10 a.m. or online at mpbonline.org. For Wilt Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This has been Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition.
3: Attention all educators. MPB has partnered with the Secretary of State's office to host this year's Promote the Vote initiative. Help your students learn important lessons about civic engagement while having fun in the classroom. This opportunity is for K-12 students across Mississippi. Get them engaged with a mock election, plus art and essay contests. For more information about Promote the Vote or to sign up your class or school, visit mpbonline.org.
0: The Sunny Montgomery VA Medical Center is improving, according to a series of annual assessments. The scorecard measures quality and efficiency at all medical centers. Due to the improvements, the Jackson VA is no longer on the high-risk list of low-performing medical centers. Still, the facility maintains a two-star rating. Jackson VA Director Dr. David Walker says center staff will continue to build on the improved areas and focus on additional areas. Dr. Dinesh Medal heads the mental health operation at the center. He and Dr. Walker tell us more about the progress at the VA.
6: Mental health contributes about 12 percent to the overall sale data uh, for any, any facility. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a more information, mental health is measured on three domains. One is ability of veterans who have mental illness to access care, to come into the system and receive the services they need. Second is, do they receive the dose, the appropriate dose and adequate dose, and for the adequate duration, the treatment that they need. Third is the overall experience of care. And then these three domains are put together in coming up with the overall quality of care.
0: Is this all on an outpatient basis?
6: It is. Is mostly outpatient, but it does take into account the transfer of patients, transition of patients from inpatient to outpatient, how we are making that transition smooth for the veterans and safe for the veterans. And that's a big part of the suicide prevention program that VA has implemented nationally.
0: Dr. Walker, what are the biggest strengths that have come out of this past year and and being taken off that list of at-risk hospitals?
2: So one of the things, actually, is uh, the employees. So for many years, we were in the bottom uh, tenth percent uh, based upon what the employees rated us as a system. And now for the last two years in a row, we've been one of the 10 most improved uh, VAs on the all-employee survey. And so now we are actually ranked around right in the middle of the pack of all 146 facilities.
0: Why? Why do you have happier employees now?
2: Well, part of it is engagement. Part of it is uh, getting out there, uh, leadership rounding, listening to people, listening to employees, uh, allowing them to actually contribute and help us change uh, the facility. Uh, We have accountability, and for me, accountability is ownership and results. And so those are the kinds of things that you know, we've been doing. And the employees are telling us, in this last year, 65% of the employees responded. And uh, our best place to work uh, is now the highest it's ever been.
0: I want to go back to you, Dr. Middle. Because people who may have mental health issues, it's different than saying, I have cancer and I have to come be treated. Someone with mental health issues may not know that they need to be treated or how to approach treatment. So how does the VA serve those who may not know they need help or don't know how to access that help?
6: Yes, that's a great question. And you're right that a lot of veterans or who have mental illness do not know. And when they know it themselves, they try to hide it. So one effort that we make is do a lot of outreach, go out in the communities like places of worship, Dr. Walker holds town hall meetings across the Mississippi, various areas in Mississippi, and uh, to educate the public and veterans alike as to how to recognize the warning signs of mental illness, also provide information about resources that VA has available, not only in Jackson, but also in the CBOCs. One initiative that we started last year is working with the Mississippi Army National Guards, putting the information about resources the transitioning veterans will have by putting that information on their app. So the idea was that before they are deployed, they have the information available for VA resources when they return.
0: Let me get some final thoughts. Dr. Middle, what is the number one priority to improve overall mental health servicing or serving
6: your patients? Suicide prevention, while we are providing care, is the number one priority, making sure that we assess the risk of suicide in an ongoing manner, both at the beginning and periodically, because this is something that veterans and other patients are reluctant to sometimes share, and we want to give them an opportunity to share so that we can intervene.
0: Dr. Walker, is that your priority?
2: Yes. In addition, uh, we have uh, struggled with recruiting and, and um Retaining primary care physicians and we're doing things to change that, but I'm still struggling and we've even had to send some veterans into the community for primary care and I don't want to do that and I want to get them back. So for me, it's you know, getting primary care uh, staffed fully and then meeting uh, the expectations of the veteran uh, as they tell us when they're filling out surveys because we need to know how we're doing. We're not growing. We're actually shrinking as a system. We're, we're losing patients. And we know they're out there and they're eligible. They're just not signing up. So that's also one of my priorities.
0: Dr. David Walker is the director of the Sunny Montgomery VA Medical Center in Jackson. Dr. Dinesh Middle is the associate chief of staff and mental health. And Deidre Johnson Walker is the sale coordinator. Thank you, all three of you, for coming in today.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hear this conversation again whenever you want by subscribing to our podcast. Just search for Mississippi Edition in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio.
3: A year ago, a gunman opened fire on a country music festival in Las Vegas. He killed 58 people and wounded hundreds more physically and mentally. I could try to heal in private, or I could just lead by example. One survivor helps others confront the aftermath of their near-death experiences. This afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
1: Today at
2: 4 on NPB Think Radio. Whether traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along too. Go to mpbonline.org.